Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Ant Wright, college basketball analyst for On Three and the Wolverine and former Michigan basketball player. It's officially the postseason in college basketball, the best time of the year, according to some. Uh, I'm in that boat, although football season is rivals that, as does summer. But man, uh, Super excited about the Big Ten tournament coming up here in Indy later this week, starting Wednesday night with the 11-14 game, 12-13 game. And then the NCAA tournament the next week, and it looks like Michigan is going to be participating, whether that's in Dayton or getting a bye to the round of 64. And that is because of a huge win at Ohio State on Sunday. Uh, Michigan wins by 6, 75-69. to 69. No Hunter Dickinson, which felt like that was kind of, it almost felt fitting before the game where it's like, you know, they've been gearing up. This is the biggest game of the year and they're not going to, you know, not going to have their best player. Kind of feels like that's how this year has gone. But Michigan battled despite that. Something you couldn't have said about this team, I think, earlier on in the year. They have more fight uh, and they showed that second half was outstanding. Devontae Jones, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about him, but he was fantastic. That was, in my opinion, his best game in a Michigan uniform and just talk about that performance. I mean, a must win game. We said must win about some other games before that, but this was literally a must win. Uh, no debating that. And they were able to get it done without Hunter Dickinson. Yeah. I think the, the, the other must win games was probably at Penn state and then home against Rucker Rutgers. Those are the two games that you had to have. Um, and then we talked about this, um, you know, Michigan had to be six and four, in the last 10 regular season games. And that's what they were. 
Um, and I said they they had to beat Penn State. They had to beat Ruck, Rutgers of those 10 games and then go four and four in the rest. And that's what they did, you know. And um, it's it's good to see. I'm happy for the guys. But um, if you if you really don't want to sweat, if you really don't want to sweat, you have got to beat this Indiana team. Um, but you know they have they did something that a lot of people thought that they couldn't do. You know they they went over 500 um, in a stretch that if you look back was pretty brutal. Um, and being able to come through that, um, you know, and finish that off without Hunter um, is just a, t- a, a testament to where this team is at mentally. Yeah, and they've grown so much. I talk about the beginning of the season, November, December, when they were kind of, you know, they'd fall behind and then they would just get blown out. North Carolina, Arizona, a couple examples of that. Um, but even in mid-January, when this team was 7-7, seven and seven, they had guys out with COVID, including Hunter Dickinson. And it was almost fitting that you kind of had those as, as bookend games, right? Because that was kind of the turning point of the season. You didn't have him, but there was a lot of fight in that Illinois game. It was a two-point game with six minutes to go. They end up kind of falling apart. Trent Frazier takes over at the end of the game. He's done that all year. He's been fantastic. You know, no real fault for losing that game without what you had. But then you grow so much throughout the season. You get yourself back in the NCAA tournament race. You get to this point and you go three and two without your head coach at the end of the season and without Hunter Dickinson capping it off. So uh, it was almost fitting for kind of how bad and you know weird this season has been that they didn't have Hunter, but it was also fitting that they were able to finish it out without him. Uh, Devontae Jones, I mean, we have to talk about him. I called it a masterful performance from him. 21 points, nine assists, two steals, controlled the entire pace. The pick and roll was all Michigan had without Dickinson in the lineup, and that's all they needed. He scored or assisted on 11 of Michigan's 15 second-half buckets, uh, also hit free throws. Terrence Williams stepped up as well. But this game was – I think Anthony Broom tweeted it. This was the Devontae Jones game. I've said a few times over the last few weeks he's had his best game in a Michigan uniform. Um, But this one one takes the cake for now. He played very well. He stepped up. I thought in the second half that because Caleb, Caleb and Eli were one for eleven at half. I remember they were one. They were one for eleven, and two points combined between those two. And I was like, "Look, no hunter. Someone's going to have to step up." You know, I think Devontae is going to have to be a little, a little bit more aggressive and assertive. And that's what he was when he got to his right hand. He was either scoring a layup or he was dropping a dime to Musa for a nice dunk. Um, I just think that his poise throughout that game was so good, was so so good. And um, and you know, Frankie came in again in the first half, he provided some really good minutes, and you know, that is awesome for looking forward. That's awesome for him. And uh, I keep hearing about their dynamic between Devontae and Frank. Frankie is like big brother, little brother type of deal. I think that's awesome to see, but, you know, being able, you know, Devontae being able to do that on the road in those circumstances and Frankie being able to see that, right? Cause a lot of these freshmen, they, they haven't, a lot of freshmen don't really get a, get a, a chance like that to, um, to watch and be in there. Right. There are freshmen out there who aren't playing as much, who, 
aren't on winning teams, who aren't gonna, who aren't battling for um, an NCAA berth, right? There are guys out there on winning, on not winning teams who are playing a lot of minutes, who are out there learning on their own. You know, Frankie being able to to like sit back and and see Devonte pick apart the Ohio State defense, possession after possession, pretty much taking what the defense gave him, whether it was a little runner in the lane, whether it was uh, getting all the way to the basket, um, you know, you know, even just showing Frankie like, hey, look, if you drive enough, they're going to back off of you to prevent the drive. This is why a jump shot is very important at this level. You need to go work on that. So like something small like that is what is a program builder. And um, and that kind of carries the culture on from one person to another. And that's where these good programs come from. So I think within, you know, within the game, he he did his thing, but I think in the grand scheme of things and the big scope, I, th- I thought it was much, much bigger than that. And it's all about how um, how the younger guys are 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 able to see what he's doing, soak that up, um, and be able to do that themselves at some point. Yeah, and a couple other notes from this game. Kobe Buffkin, a guy who we talked about, I brought that stat up on the podcast, I think, two weeks ago where – According to Synergy, unguarded jump shots, he was shooting at 13% at that point. And I think it had gone down since then because I can think of a couple in the last week or so that he missed, including earlier on in that game against Ohio State. Then he hits a contested jumper with uh, you know one guy at least flying past him and kind of hand in the face to hit that dagger. I believe that put Michigan up seven with a minute and 13 to go. Yeah, And uh, that's another sign of growth from a young guy as well, but it's also an outlier performance that, you know, we needed to see out of this Michigan team. If they were going to make it to March, they got exactly what they needed in, in especially closing out that game late Eli Brooks in the second half after, as you mentioned, he was part of that Caleb Houston, uh, you know, over 10 for the entire game. He was part of that stat line. As you said, two of your starters go one for 11 combined in the first half. He came alive after the break three of five hit five free throws as well uh, is always battling on defense. Of course, and that was big for Michigan to Musa Diabate uh, diving to the rim. I think that's where he's at his best. And yeah. uh, and that was just fantastic as well. So Michigan pulls out that win. That means they play Indiana Thursday, 1130 a.m. And before we went live, you were lamenting that start time a little bit early. Yeah, but day basketball is, is one of my favorite things. And then. So it looked like for a while there, the most likely scenario was Michigan be in that 8-9 game and then play Wisconsin if they win, which would have been awesome. I was hoping for that to get a rematch between Greg Gard and Jawan Howard, who, by the way, is back with his Michigan team here. Now it's Illinois because they somehow got a a share of the Big Ten Championship based on Nebraska going in. Is Nebraska the most dangerous team in the country right now? They go in. And beat Without Wisconsin. Bryce McGowan's. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they don't have Bryce McGowan's, and they go into Madison and win. Insane. And they were up. They were – all right. Nebraska was down like 9 or 10 with 5.47 left to play, I want to say. Wisconsin, Nebraska is 300th in defensive efficiency in the country. 
There are 358 Division I teams. They are 300th in defensive efficiency, and Wisconsin did not make a field goal in the last 545 of that game. They didn't make now one field goal. They had free throws like in the last minute at some point, but those are the only points in that time. And they didn't have Bryce McGowan's. They did not have Bryce McGowan's. And that is amazing. And then, and then Iowa is up 15 at Champaign. Yep. <laughs> and blew the lead. So, um, ex- you know, wild, wild turn of events um but hey look you gotta hey you gotta be who you you gotta beat and it's gonna come down to you're gonna have to beat an indiana team where you needed the bench last time on the road and it's gonna come down to who wants it more indiana lost a tough game at purdue they were in control late in the second half and they kind of just let that one slip away um Indiana is on the right side of the bubble right now, but at the same time, that is a fluid situation uh, where both teams kind of put themselves in this, where you feel the winner of of this game is in the is in the tournament, and um, there should be a lot of action in this game. There should be a lot of energy in this game with both teams knowing what's at stake and knowing that it's not a guarantee that either are in the tournament, and they just got to win as many games as they. Uh, as they possibly can at this point. Back in early February, I said they, they have to go six and four over the next 10 regular season games. I said win one game in the Big Ten tournament. They're there. They are there right now. Just win that one game. Everything else, in my opinion, is just going to be icing on the cake. I would still bet they get in in that first four if they lose this game, but leaving it to chance is risky, but that that's kind of feels like what this team has done all yeah. season where you leave it to the last day of the regular season in Columbus without your star uh, yeah. to get it done. But I agree. You're going to see a hell of an effort from Indiana, in my opinion, in Indiana. So they're not a good offensive team. They're, they're a bad shooting team. They play good defense and that has kind of kept them alive. But in some of these bigger games, we've seen Indiana hit some timely shots, shoot a little bit better overall. You know, they had the win over Purdue I believe that was back in January Uh, at home. They stormed the court. Uh, You saw them almost beat Purdue on Saturday as well. They've picked up some wins. They have blown games down the stretch. And I think that a lot of that has to do with their inability to have a go-to guy to score and execute offense at the end of games. But this is an Indiana team with Xavier Johnson at point guard. I think he's, he's kind of dangerous. He's athletic. Uh, he can get to the rim a little bit. And when you have Trace Jackson Davis, he's a good enough player to keep you in games as well. So um, I guess just how tough of a challenge do you think this is going to be for Michigan? I I agree with you. I think there's going to be bodies on the floor. It's going to be, you know, kind of a bloodbath out there. And what better way to kick off our our Thursday mornings than uh, than with a game like this? Um, Musa has got to be good again. Uh, I think him, you saw what, what, what happened when he uh, neutralized Keegan Murray at Iowa, what happened in that game. You saw what happened this past game when he pretty much neutralized Liddell. Um, that's going to happen again, I believe against race Thompson. I think race Thompson is a, is an, is an X factor. He's gotten so much better this year. Uh, he's much more of a threat at, at all levels. Um, neutralizing him is going to be uh, huge. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, um, you know, he is someone who uh, 
a bit more inconsistent this year than in past, but I believe that was due to injury early on. I think he had like a tailbone issue. Um, but they do have a shooter in Miller Cop who was uh, yeah. who who kept Purdue in that game. And Miller Cop, if you don't know his history, he was at North Northwestern for a, for a while. So um, I don't think he was. A, I don't think he was a part of that group that went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, I have to check, but I don't I would, think. Yeah, my guess is was he, he was that? a year after that because I think he's a true senior. But that could be. Is he a is he a true senior? Um, because the looking it up is I I have to because I'm a psycho. Um, class of 2018. So that means I think he came in. I think it was 18 when they. So it was 18, 19, huh? It was 18, 19 would, would have been his What's freshman his year, year, which is right after they went to the right tournament after. in 18, because that was the year Michigan went to the title. That was Michigan's year. Gotcha. Um, I've been having to, to like reference that year a lot because people are like, when's the last time a Big Ten team over 500 didn't make the Big Ten tournament? I was like, Nebraska in 2018. They were 13 and 5. But it was also because the conference was absolutely terrible and they had one good win the entire year. But yeah, sorry. Um, Miller Cop, good player. He's like that three, four guy, hard worker. He's about six, seven. Uh, he can shoot the ball. Um, and I like I like their guards, like Parker Stewart, um, good shooter. Good shooter. He wants and he wants to take and make big shots. Um Xavier Xavier Johnson, I believe he's the transfer from Pitt, I want to say. Um athlete, athletic. Uh, he is going to pose some problems for um, someone like Eli, where he's guarding those bigger guards and having to, um, you know, like keep them out the paint. He's a pretty good athlete. Um, uh, Indiana is going to bring their their issues, but at the same time, you know, Michigan is coming off of uh, a victory against them. But we haven't seen Michigan win two games in a row in a very long time. And I think that's got to be something that they got to get out of in their head, um, knowing how to handle success a, a bit better. For sure. And I think giving them a little bit more juice will be one Jawan Howard, who is, I think was going stir crazy probably at home, but at the probably. same time proud of his team on Sunday and, and in those wins they got. But him being back, I think should add a little bit of that. Um, and you know, I, I do like this matchup for Michigan. It's been a good matchup. I think it's been about six years since Indiana has beaten Michigan. I believe it was the 2016 season before Michigan. I think it was about in February of 2016. And then Michigan, of course, stunned Indiana in the Big Ten tournament in front of about 10,000 Hoosier fans at the, uh, you know, at um, Banker's Life, which is now Gamebridge Fieldhouse. But um, Banker's Life sounds way better, by the way. I, it does. I, I I missed the name. They they keep switching it too because it was Conseco Fieldhouse before that. But um, I know we'll just call it Banker's Life on this show. But what about the money? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Um, Is that the uh, the uh, Cam Chapman shot? That was the Cam Chapman shot. Yep. Damn. Okay. So oh. you, you have that storyline. Someone also made a great point that Michigan's always either the one seed. Um, or the eight or nine. And I think it's like six out of eight years in the big 10 tournament. So they're always playing this early game, either on Friday with a bye or Thursday. So 
Michigan would play again early on Friday. If they win, they would take on Illinois. Um, let's take a look at the bracket. Uh, those of us on YouTube can see it now on your screen. Um, Big Ten tournament bracket. So as we said, the Michigan-Indiana winner takes on Illinois. Uh, Iowa moving down to the five with that loss last night to Illinois. Rutgers takes the four in the double bye. Wisconsin pushed out to the two. Purdue at the three seed. Um, your thoughts just overall, I guess, on Michigan's draw, that side of the bracket, and then any other takeaways? And I need to get a Big Ten tournament champion out of you as well. Sure. All right. So uh, looking at this, you know, Michigan got a got a rough side, I think, because uh, you have an opening game against a team who was trying to get back to the to the tournament as one. Uh, two, you're playing an Illinois team that this staff has not beaten. Uh, and then on then right under you, you know, you got Nebraska, who since the AD came out and said Hoiberg is staying. That's right. Nebraska, yeah. I believe, is, is is three and one. Um, the one loss was to Iowa, where they they were playing Iowa very, very well. Um, when Iowa was playing as like the hottest team in the conference. Um, then then they play Iowa. Uh, in that following game, and then you have a tough Rutgers squad who, you know, they don't have the best metrics right now, um, but they are they are still trying to make headway to get to an NCAA tournament, um, and they've had some really good wins, but you know they do have two losses, one by like a two hundred and net team, then like a three hundred fifteen net team. That is anchoring them like crazy. Without those losses, they're probably like a probably like top twenty-five, top thirty on the net right now, um, which is nuts. Which like you got to take care of business at the non-conference type of deal. Um, but on the bottom side, I think it's wide open. Uh, you have Purdue, right? Purdue, in my opinion, is still the best team in the conference. Uh, the way that they've lost, um, like they've what they've had what, four, four yeah. or five games where they've where the uh, the other team hits like a wild three in the last Un- unbelievable week for them. They had the Michigan State, the Tyson Walker shot, the Chucky Hepburn <laughs> shot, which won Wisconsin a share of the title, um, and, and then, the Johnny Davis one, like right before, like the the yeah. the possession before that, just <laughs> yep, and then they're able to beat Indiana. But it's been a weird – and I tweeted this the other day. Purdue cannot wait to get out of the Big Ten. I know this is the Big Ten tournament. Neutral court feels a little more open. And then once they're out of there, I think we can talk about that next week, especially when they get the draw. But I think Purdue is actually going to at least make the second weekend for for once, it seems like, uh, coming yeah, up here. Because I, I do think that team, once they get out of Big Ten play and they get on a 48-hour turnaround at some point, they're going to be super dangerous. Yeah, the thing with Purdue is that like they've been they 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 have not lost a non-conference game. Uh, they had the one game against NC State that they were down by twelve, uh, with like six minutes left. NC State's not a great team; they're like eleven and nineteen or eleven and twenty, the last in the ACC. Um, but they were down twelve in that game late with six minutes left, and they found a way to go to overtime and win by like nine or ten. But outside of that, I mean, they've been dominant. Like they beat a very good Villanova team. Um, they have like they slaughtered UNC, I believe. Um, 
they have played very good basketball in the non-conference. And, yes, you are absolutely right. I, I don't think they can wait to get out of conference play. And I just think uh, Jaden Ivey is very good. Jaden Ivey is very, very good. And I think him um, you know, being more of the uh, on-the-ball guy and putting their point guards off the ball and their size – it's just is just going to be very overwhelming for a lot of teams. Like, there's going to be some like poor six seven six eight guy uh, from like from like uh, Idaho who has to guard Zach Eady and Travion Williams, and it's going to be it's going to be ugly. It's going to be very very ugly. But um, they have they have been overall, in my opinion, they have been dominant. They've only been blown out once, and that was to to Michigan. Um, Good teams don't get blown out, and they don't. They keep games very, very close when they do lose. Um, so I think they they do have the, the recipe because they have the backcourt um, and they have the shooting uh, to get them through a, a lot of games. And you know, Jay Nivey is very capable of doing maybe not what Carson Edwards did because Carson Edwards was a freak, but he can impact the game as much as he did, in my opinion. Okay, so – are they your Big Ten tournament champ? Um, oh, let's see. I can pull it back up here. All right, let's pull it back up. Um, I, you know, you know, Michigan State got a pretty good draw, in my opinion, uh, yep. to get to the semifinals uh, because they have uh, – it's going to be tough to beat Maryland three times and in back-to-back games. Like, if you didn't watch these games, Michigan State beat Maryland at Maryland. One possession, late shot by a believe Malik Hall um, with, like, a second left. Then last night, uh, Michigan State was beating Maryland by 20 in two separate parts of the game last night. And Maryland got the game down to 10, back to 20. Then they got it down to one possession game. Um, so I think Maryland is going to be ready for that game. I think that's, in my opinion, Maryland may be more dangerous than that Wisconsin game for them. Uh, but if they can get through Maryland, um, they're going to play a Wisconsin team who, uh, who, you know, just you just lost to Bryson McGowan list Nebraska. Um, they can win that game. Uh, I think they match up very well with them. Um, and then on the other side there, like they got, they got, they have a bunch of teams that they have beaten. Purdue, they've beaten. Ohio State, they've beaten. Um, so I think that's, I think that their, their path is not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it would have been nice to win for Maryland to beat Michigan State last night. Because yeah. then now you have Michigan facing off against Maryland. And then Michigan will be facing off against probably you know Wisconsin, uh, and then they're going to be playing teams that I believe they match up with well. But um, I just you know tournament setting, no prep. I just think Purdue has an up, honestly. Mm-hmm. No, I, just, I feel. I feel good about Purdue as well. They're my Big Ten tournament champion. And like you said, I think their side, when you look at it from their standpoint, I I, I see what you're saying about Michigan State. But if you're Purdue, 
And then that's your, your semifinal, assuming you get past probably Ohio State, is Wisconsin, which I think is the weakest out of those top three, even though they got a share and they did, you know, played outstanding basketball down the stretch to get themselves in that position. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel comfortable about Purdue there, but I think a Purdue-Illinois game would be really good in the championship game potentially. Yeah. But obviously long ways it goes to there, uh, you know, and, and it – it doesn't usually work out. I feel like how we think it is. There's always going to be somebody, Iowa, by the way, my dark horse, they're still playing really good basketball, even though they kind of uh, not choked away, but missing 12 free throws is crazy. Uh, and lost that game against Illinois. Um, real oh, quick. Oh, Keegan Murray. Oh, they, they were down two. Keegan Murray gets fouled for three with for 11 three. seconds. Yeah. It and goes he one for three. three. <laughs> Which is just unbelievable. And Chris Murray missed a bunch of free throws. Chris Murray, I think, went like one for seven from the line or something like that. Wow. So it was just like one of those weird games. And, you know, they just weren't able to close it out. And then even, like you said, they got down, but they even had opportunities there to pull it out at the end and actually come back a little bit and win, but they weren't able to do it. Um, I know you have to go. So I just wanted to get this out of you as well. Uh, Big Ten Player of the Year. I know that I think that's coming out today. So depending on when people are listening, it might be out. Who's your Big Ten Player of the Year? Who's your Big Ten Freshman of the Year? A lot of candidates for Player of the Year. I'm torn. I mean, I mean, it's it's one of three. It's one of three for me. Um, Johnny Davis, Kofi, Liddell, Keegan. Not Liddell. Okay, so is Keegan your third there? Yeah, Keegan's the third. Okay. Um, gosh, I don't think it's been this hard ever. Seriously, I think it's been this hard ever. And the fact that it's not a Michigan or Michigan State player is, um, refreshing a little bit. It's like, hey, the other conferences are finally, you know, trying to catch catch up with the having good good players. But, um, it's it's so it's so tough. It's so so tough. Winning matters to me. Um, so that would even though Keegan Murray's been so consistent. Uh Keegan Murray's been so Keegan Murray's been the most consistent and he has been the most impactful. Um oh, player of the year. I think I I think they're gonna give it to Johnny Davis. Cause I think, I think that so is too. I think I think Wisconsin is a like. Are they even five hundred without him? Probably uh, not. Is Iowa without be. Keegan though? I guess Chris maybe. I think I think Iowa would be much better because they've I mean like they've they've got Perkins they they've they've got Bohannon. I think mm-hmm. they've got a system that is you know that would exploit more touches for Chris right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Illinois, like Kofi's been so so dominant this year, but he has had some like in the last three games. I think before last night, I think in the previous three games, he had like 15 rebounds total. And for a dude like that, you know, you expect more. Uh, and sure. he's been he's been like in the last few games, he's been like kind of it's kind of weird to see him get neutralized. Um, so it's. I just think they're going to give it to Johnny Davis, man. I think they're going to give it to Johnny Davis. Um, but Keegan's your pick. 
I would probably take Keegan. Okay. I would probably and then take Keegan. But his freshman of the year. Davis. I, I I can I can live with that. And then freshman of the year. To me, it's Branham from Ohio yeah. State. I yeah. mean, Bryce McGowan's like he looked like he was just gonna be the guy, but Branham came out of nowhere. He actually plays on a winning team. I guess Nebraska. Though. Winning matters. True. Yeah. Winning um, matters. Um, Brandon. Winning matters. But I had this conversation with the with uh, Twitter. Um, who is your all freshman team? Because I think there are six that you can say should be on there. Um, those six are McGowan's. Um, I'm going through the teams McGowan's Musa Caleb um Hepburn Christy Graham and Christy right you got a legit six one of them's gonna get left off it might be Christy I feel like he's kind of struggled a little bit he's been up and down hasn't shot the three as well in the second half of the Big Ten season but you're right I could see that maybe splitting the Michigan guys Honestly, with the Michigan guys, if you're looking at especially the coaches or even the opposing media, depends on what night these guys saw them. Because, <laughs> it's, um, true. It's, it's the case with a lot of freshmen. But it feels yeah. like for Musa, I mean, if you're an Iowa writer, you thought he was the you know best thing ever in that first game. And if you saw him in that second game, you're probably like, what was Ooh. that? And then, right. <laughs> and then Caleb, if you, if you saw him in Ann Arbor, um, he's probably like <laughs> freshman of the year, but – in an arbor only, right? Right. So all those awards come out today. I believe so. I believe this afternoon. Ooh. It's either I'm that or tomorrow. Green I haven't. Green. Yeah. I have another green room. Every other conference is today. I assume it's today. Oh. This is the first thing I did this morning, though, so I haven't checked that yet. So. And aren't there games going on tomorrow? I believe ACC starts tomorrow, Tuesday, because they they end on Saturday. So they're a day ahead of the Big Ten. Uh, Big East might start tomorrow. That could be wrong, though. But we're getting day basketball, basketball basically from noon until night um, going forward here. So the rest of the I week. This, this is the best part of the year. Like, like people, love, people love the, the tournament. I do, too. I think championship week is one of, is one of the most fascinating weeks because you are seeing people battle – in some of these cases, like the last games that they'll ever play, yeah, like there are you know there are teams who are done right now because they because they've had games like happening last week. You know there are seniors that are done. Um, my guy Ryan Peden at Ohio State was already named Illinois State head coach. Um, I saw that because Illinois State got got done on the fourth, I believe, and he was named like on the like that day or the fifth. Um, yeah, it's been, it's, this is like, you know, this is where you see the tears flow and you start to see, it's almost like reality TV, right? You're like seeing someone else's life just play out in real time. Um, and how things are going to affect them for the rest of their life. And they're going to think about things, um, and, you know, have, you know, have, you know, memories that will never be forgotten and it's going to be an amazing championship week because there's so much parody right now in college basketball because you don't feel like there's that one team in any conference really outside of Gonzaga and the and, ABC. And teams are old. Teams are old yeah. this year too with the extra year. 
So yeah, like team a old. team that's not as good has a veteran presence. They might be going up against a more talented young team, but that could win out as well. And we saw last year even with Georgetown winning the Big East with Oregon State. We talked about them last week, how terrible they are this year. But, um, mm. you know, teams could come out of nowhere this week as well. I don't. I hate to bring this up, but we did see your life play out in real time in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, True. When you played, I we just we'll leave it at that. But you're right; it is a do or die week for honestly most teams. Most teams are not making the NCAA tournament unless they win this weekend, or if they won this past weekend in the mid-major tournaments. So it's that important, and I agree with you. I am a big fan of the conference tournaments. I think more than most people. Most people are like, all right, it's just something you know for this weekend, and then we move on to the big dance. Big dance is everything, but this is a big deal too. So I'm excited. Um, these semifinal games and these championship games, like yep. you're seeing, it's like you're going to see dudes lay everything out there. And this, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. 100%. So uh, we're going to get Ant moving. He's got a green room, uh, Spotify green room with uh, all the people that are uh, following him on Twitter and obviously the green room community there. So follow Ant on Twitter at It's Ant Right. Uh, and I appreciate your time this morning. I know we kept you a little bit late, so hop on there. No, talk about the Big Ten tournament bracket with your people there, and uh, and we will uh, catch up probably when Michigan's done here with the Big Ten tournament, heading into what we believe to be uh, a potential NCAA tournament berth. But uh, follow us at thewolverine.com, $1 deal. Uh, just a dollar gets you an entire year of premium access there. Uh, so we'll see everybody there. Just a dollar. One. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope ny or text hope ny in new york